Welcome to the Winners Get Waffles podcast with Brandon Buckner, Zach Leonard, and Matt Heron. Let's get going. Welcome to the Winners Get Waffles podcast, the only podcast where one of our co-hosts gives us a four-star rating. So, uh, you want to explain yourself on that one? Nope, not really, particularly, <laughs> but... <laughs> so, if you don't know, go ahead and go to our iTunes page and, and see what our only review is right now. We have a 4.5 star, which means somebody that had listened to us gave us five. Our own dang co-host gave us four stars and left a scathing review. So go ahead and check it out. Definitely check it out. Check that one out. So I'm going to go ahead and give you the floor and let you, uh, let you redeem yourself right here. What do you got for us today? All right. Well, anyway, um, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope everybody listening is doing well. Um, so kind of my, my whole thing with this whole quarantine thing going on is I've been bored. All right. For those of you who don't know, I'm a student at tech. So what, you know, with all this alone time, what am I expected to do? Do schoolwork? No, I'm watching ESPN and these game replays, of course. That's the football coach in me. Um, did you guys see the uh, replay of Texas and USC, the national championship for a while back? No, but I saw it live. Yeah, me too. That's exactly what I was about to say. I don't remember it, honestly. I just yeah. Vince Young or, ran for like a gallivanting run and they won. All right, cool flex, guys. But uh, I guess when it happened, I was a little kid or whatever. Um, so I might have watched it. I don't remember. But um, I just – it, it kind of got me thinking, you know, I, I think he, he what, scored, yeah, fourth and five, like 25 seconds left. Um, it kind of got me thinking of uh, what are the best – play calls or, or most interesting play calls, you know, games on the line, you got a fourth and goal, you know, I thought it'd be cool to talk about what is your mindset, maybe some actual plays you got um, that you think would win you the game if you had to. Well, I'll jump in and I'll start with Matt's answer first. So I'm going to guess he's going to go with the RPO answer from last week and say the one that works. That's mm. yeah. That's not what I was going to say, but <laughs> I know what he was going to say. Matt's going to say um, where you have like double slants and a arrow route, kind of like a rub route. Y'all are both wrong. You ready for what I was going to say? I was going to say snap it to your best player, get as many blockers in front of him as you can and get outside zone going and, and let him pick the seam and get vertical. Um, kind of like with our little outside zone with the quarterback keeping it and following it. Um, get an extra blocker, get two extra blockers, really, and and really try to go to the field, give him a lot of space to move with, and let him find a seam and, and be an athlete and get in the end zone. Now, you may want to give him a little pass option off the end of it, maybe like a little whip route or something by the outside receiver to drag people with him. But uh, I think you go outside zone right there, let your guy you trust most carry the rock and try to stick it in the end zone. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, oh, so you're saying fourth and five, you're still uh, 
running the ball, even though, I mean, you said, actually, I take that back because you just said you'd have a pass option. So <laughs> maybe, I mean, that's one of those things where you call to, obviously more than likely somebody's calling timeout right there anyway, and, and kind of give him just an option, give him, give him somebody to throw to if somebody's in his face quick, just to get it out there. But it's a run play. And you tell him that this is a run play. We want you to get in the end zone, stretch it, find the first seam that you see, get vertical, let everybody over pursue it and then bend your way back into the end zone. Um, especially if you go like a jumbo package right there, like a jumbo empty set, maybe with two tight ends, two wings, and then the wide receiver by himself to the field, really bring everybody into the box and try to get those big guys running sideways and then catch them on a seam and get vertical, stick your way in the end zone or get outside of them. If you reach everybody. Gotcha. Well, what did you feel like you saw the most from defenses in those goal line situations? Shoot a lot. I mean, it, it's a mixed bag. This year we saw a lot of people trying to take away, like we get into the goal line and I feel like we were better around the goal line because we could kind of package people and get what we want. We ran to the, a lot, a lot in the goal line this year, we ran to the boundary because teams kind of, were worried about all the space to the field that we had. And we were big outside zone, jet outside zone team. So we had all that space to the field and they were worried about that. And sometimes we just run quarterback into the boundary. And, and I'd say 10 of our touchdowns were that play just wow. back in, back into the boundary. Now that's from five yards or less out, but it gives you, gives you good space to run it and it for it gives you that short edge to get upfield quickly and put more hats than they have there. Gotcha. Yeah, that's good. And I mean honestly I think a lot of kids respond well to, you know, especially at least the guys you want on the field, they respond well to all right, fourth and five, like we're running the ball with you. We're getting everybody out in front. You know, we gotta get this thing. You know, I, I think often than not, it turns into more of a positive situation where they're more, you know, let's go rather than freaking out, you know. Yeah, well, and, and I think now with, in overtime, it may be a different story, and, and you're probably going to lean on the head coach there, be like, hey, what do you want? Like, what, what are you kind of looking at? But just in goal line situations anyway, fourth down, and it's fourth and goal, and you're inside the five, if you don't get it, you just had the best punt ever, and you put the t opposing team on the – I don't know, 90, 96 yards to go, 97 yards to go, you know, yeah. and you're helping your defense out, turning it around. In high school, if you kick a field goal right there and miss it, it goes to the 20, so you actually lose field position. So I think once you get inside the 20, you go for that sucker unless you just have an automatic field goal kicker. You know, it's like, this guy's money. He's making it. I'm not worried about it. I think that's when you change your mind. But most high school kickers, you're like, dang, are we going to make the extra point? So – I, I say once you get inside the 20, you probably just go for it. I agree with that. Well, let's, let's jump in on the fourth down aspect of this, though, because that makes this a more ballsy call. So it's fourth and five, and you're yeah. running that play where, you know, you've probably already ran outside zone at least once on the somewhere near the goal line or whatever and didn't have the results you wanted at least, I'd say, right? That's true. And, and I guess you think about it, and it's like, well, what have we called up leading up to it? If we've run out to quarterback outside zone three times, we're probably not running it. <laughs> but I mean, but maybe we've been hitting power or something and, and 
getting getting closer and closer, but not quite cracking through. Um, another good one would be Power Reed and read that guy and have an outside guy and a downhill guy. But I do think you kind of got to feel out what you've called before it. If you, if you've called outside zone and it's just not there for you, it might be time to think of something else. But I mean, that's just the the play that, that sticks with me most is just quarterback outside zone get you a free blocker and give your quarterback a chance to make a play. Yeah, it, extra blockers always help. Huh? I said extra blockers always help. What were you saying? I said if if you have a quarterback that can make a play. Now, yeah. if our our JV quarterback was probably better reading the guy, and, and coach, you can talk about that, but he'd probably be better giving him a true RPO or giving him something else. But yeah, kind of the the two things that come to my mind, you know, fourth and five, uh, you need a touchdown. Is uh, is Obviously, like many things in football, it depends on your personnel. But I personally like, like you said, getting the quarterback on the move. Um, still having a passing option, but obviously with the quarterback on the move, he'll have the option to uh, just run if it's not there. Um, I honestly like sprinting to uh, almost a condensed uh, variation of curl flat. Kind of have that uh, curl hook in. You still have the flat route. Um Potentially, you have the flat defender getting chased off, um, the corner uh, going with the curl, and then the quarterback might just walk in the end zone. Um, and yeah, then, I was going to jump in there. That's what I was going to say is when it's that close, it does make it a little bit harder because you can't sit back on that curl. You know, that Sam feels like he's got to come stop the run, and he does, you know. So that, yeah. that's a tough situation for sure. But if you ran two curls there because your quarterback getting outside the pocket is going to occupy the flat defender and that's the true. quarterback as the flat receiver per se, and then you get both of those guys in the end zone. So you have somebody to throw to instead of running a flat and maybe getting it. I mean, you tell him get across the goal line, but if he's not in the end zone, why not just hit two curls right there and give yourself double the option? Yeah. yeah, I think either way you're probably in the end zone right there, though. It's the only thing. So my only caveat to that would be do what you're good at. So if yeah. you run curl flat a lot, let's not switch it up. Let's not make it a different look for the quarterback. Yeah. And then uh, kind of the other play that came to mind is um, I'm a fan of power read as well. Um, but in certain situations like that, depending on how you got to that part of the field, um, I'm kind of with Coach Leonard. What we talked about on one of the other episodes is uh, uh, I love pop passes. So somehow you could RPO it, you know, power read, reading that linebacker um, with a pop pass behind it. That'd be a good way if you're in a heavy set, like with like off of my play, run a pop pass. If it's there early, go ahead and take the pop pass. If it's not, you still got your quarterback outside zone. Pop yeah. the backside tight end to see if that that safety on the backside is overflowing with motion. It's a good. Yeah, my whole, Go ahead. Uh, my thinking was just you know, uh, I try to anytime we we talk about this stuff or whatever, I try to think you know personnel situations. You know, kind of like how if you have more of a um, dual, dual threat quarterback and maybe you trust your receiver more than you would whoever's running the pop pass like a wing or a tight end you might just more result to or uh resort to a uh actual pass like the sprint out to the double curls or curl flat whereas you know if you got a uh, a good blocker um with sure hands at tight end or um 
a good wing that you trust, then I'm all for running a power read with a pop pass behind it. I think that's like the biggest thing is is it personnel. It's players, not plays. Like you got to fit fine. You want to give your best player a shot on that play, like a, a, a do or die. Whoever you think your best player is, I think you got to scheme up a way to get them into the situation you want to have them instead of thinking. I mean, I, naturally, I just think it's a player, not a play. Now you can you can do that in multiple different ways. Say your wing's your best dude. Yeah, find a way to go unbalanced or something, give them an extra blocker or, or, or shift to it and things like that. But I do think you think players, not plays. Yeah, you know, um, I 100% agree with that. And, and honestly, I had never really thought about that. Um, obviously, being a young coach, one, I had never been in a situation like that. And and two, listening to um, Coach Cromer, Tim Cromer, who a uh, former head coach who's now our athletic director and one of the assistants on staff, you know, we – I went to high school at Christiansburg High School. Christiansburg lost the state championship because at the time, you know, he talked about it and he's open about it. He was thinking more plays instead of players. You know, they they got down into a critical situation. I want to say they, um, you know, at the time, the best player by far was uh, the quarterback who went on to play at Virginia Tech. Uh, hey, no offense to anybody, but that's false. Yeah, I know. That's not true. Snell was. Zach Snell was a monster, dude. Well, anyway, I disagree and, and – Coach Cromer disagrees, <laughs> but um, I think they ran um, belly or, or belly sweep or whatever. Um, wasn't, you know, it got stuffed, wasn't there when really uh, a few weeks later, he, he said he went to a clinic and some guy had mentioned to him, you know, in those situations, players, not plays. And, you know, he says, looking back, he probably just would have snapped it to the quarterback, got like what you said, Matt, and got an extra blocker and just tried to make something happen, you know? I mean, you, there's a thousand things you can do, and you're if you're right, you're right. If you're wrong, you lose. So, it, I just think you go with your best player. What do you do defensively in those situations? Like, well, hold on, man. I want to jump back to that pop pass because I do think the pop pass is a great call down there. Because now, don't get me wrong. If we're talking specifics, fourth and five, maybe not as good of a pass. I mean, play because you know fourth and five defense is probably feeling good. And they're thinking, hey, five yards, they're probably going to throw it. But in a lot of goal line situations when, you know, it's very short yardage and, you know, you got linebackers and stuff like that, they're really juiced up and they're they're playing really aggressive. I think it's probably pretty easy to hit something behind them a lot of times. But jumping on from the defensive side of the ball, and obviously I'm going to cop out and say, you know, it, it's nice to have a scouting report and kind of see what the other team does. But I always like to have something really aggressive to kind of take away the inside running lanes, you know, so maybe some style of a pinch or something like that that's really attacking those inside gaps. Uh, but I also like to – it kind of becomes a really interesting chess game there, you know, because when you're on a goal line situation, you know, you got to be – probably have to be a little bit more aggressive and – you're almost trying to guess right at that point, you know, because you need a big time play. If you're in those goal line situations and you come away 50% of the time successful, you're probably 
doing really as a defender, as a defense, you're probably doing really, really well on the goal line. You know, that's kind of what you're looking for. Um, so that being said, but coverage wise, I'm going to take away all the inside stuff. So like Coach Buckner, I think, mentioned slants and stuff like that earlier, maybe. Um, that's what I really want to limit. You know, I would love to force the offensive coordinator to say, hey, let's go one-on-one to the outside. That's what I would love to happen. Um, but like I said, so take away the inside stuff really aggressively. Have a way to be sound for – have a – you know, it's almost like pop, uh, rock, paper, scissors at that point. I'd like to be able to have a play that makes me kind of heavy on the outside because I know if teams are seeing me pinch on film a whole lot, they're going to run outside zone. They're going to do something like that. So you got to have kind of, you know, two or three options there. Now, fourth and five, if we're still talking that situation – you know, I'm, I'm probably not selling out with a pinch or anything. I'm probably playing some type of base defense, maybe a little bit of aggressive, you know. But, you know, defensively, I feel like I'm in a good situation at fourth and five. Yeah, you know, I think uh, in those situations, offensively, you want to target one player on the defense and, you know, put him in the most conflict-like sprinting to the flat defender you got to route but the quarterback can also get in the end zone. And then I think obviously flip that defensively, you want to accelerate the thought process of the other team's quarterback or um, whoever's getting the ball, you know, make him freak out a little bit. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it though, that would be the only problem with the curl flat idea is, are you pushing that corner and safety out of there? I mean, they might not move, you know, they might, they're going to want you to go vertical. So they're going to stay underneath that curl which can make it kind of tough on the curl flat concept. Yeah. You can kind of let your Sam be really aggressive there and say, Hey, go, go pull up that quarterback, go make him stop. And you have two guys sitting there, you know? So it's definitely something interesting with the mic coming because it's a sprint out. So he's already heading that way. It's interesting. Yeah. Do you go into like, do you have a goal line package that you rep throughout the year? Um, we have a base one in the beginning, but like I said, you know, teams do such weird stuff and every, every team is a little bit different where we don't kind of go in with a set package. We always have a period every week where we're kind of going over what the other team does, but also what we're going to do that week. So some weeks you want to go heavier, you know, it's nice to get some big bodies on the field and stuff like that. Some weeks, that's exactly what the offense would want you to do. So, yeah. you know, you just got to kind of play. That's what I was about to say. I think we, we played in a game this year where we ran our goal line, our our truck package, our power out package in the middle of the field, and, and we fumbled the snap. And I was like, ah, oh, crud, we, we lost it. So we punted away on fourth down. And you go watch a film and you're like, dude, we're going to score on this. We're going to run this next time mm-hmm. we're going to score. And we scored in the fourth quarter on a long run again from about midfield because they hopped into this goal line packages, two twos, two four eyes, and we're pinching everything down and we ran power. <laughs> like we're like, Oh, thanks. You just took everybody out of the play for us. So yeah, that, that, that's kind of why I was wondering, like we had had an issue with them in their base defense. And then they hop into that when we, to match our personnel and it's like, Oh, thanks for that gift. So yeah. I didn't know. Sometimes you outcoach yourself in those situations. I agree. Definitely. Thanks for joining us for another Winners Get Waffles podcast. As always, you can reach us at winnersgetwaffles at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at winsgetwaffles, W-I-N-S-G-E-T, 
W-A-F-F-L-E-S. And listen to us on YouTube, listen to us on iTunes, listen to us on SoundCloud, whatever you can find our podcast on, please listen. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, interests, you want to host, reach out to us. Thanks for your time.